For 200 years, communities of Catholic sisters have been serving the region in the fields of education, health services, and social services. Their story is being told in a special exhibit downtown at the St. Louis Public Library. Fifteen local orders are the focus of the exhibit. Joining me in studio to talk about the past, present, and future role of Catholic sisters are Sister Jackie Tobin, a school sister of Notre Dame. Sister Barbara McMullen is a sister of Divine Providence, and Sister Kathleen Hughes, a religious of the sacred heart. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. welcome. We, are, we are wrapping up uh, National Catholic Sisters Week, so this is a perfect time for us to get together. Now, I'd like to give our audience some sense of the kind of work that uh, you all have been doing and, and others have been doing over the, uh, over the centuries, actually. Sister Kathleen, let me start with you. What kind of work have you been involved in over the years, and what's been closest to your heart? Uh, initially, I was in our schools uh, in the United States, and then I got a doctorate in liturgical studies at Notre Dame, and I spent 19 years in a seminary teaching sacraments and preaching and even the How to Say Mass class. Uh, I left that work to do leadership in our order, and since that time, I've been doing formation to mission for our boards of trustees and faculties and the adult constituencies so that our mission continues to come alive. Busy lady. A busy, busy lady. lady. <laughs> no question about it. Sister Barbara? Um, I was involved in education, taught in grade schools for 20 years. After that, I went into parish ministry to work with adults, mostly in faith formation. Um, I did some vocation work for my community, a novice director for a number of years, and then was elected to leadership here in the St. Louis area. Um, and then when our provinces merged, I was elected to leadership in the headquarters there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, now I actually work for a federation of Providence communities across the U.S. and Canada as their executive director. And what that means is I coordinate their events and their meetings and report to a board. Another very busy lady, <laughs> Sister Jackie. Um, I, too, began in education, <laughs> taught for 20 years, grade school and high school. Um, after teaching for that many years, I became involved in um, the criminal justice ministry. When that began here in St. Louis, Sister Pius Fagan and I were the two that really began that ministry here in the city. And I was involved at that time with working with the women who were incarcerated and coordinating volunteers. After that, uh, I ended up at St. Vincent's Church and started a group called Let's Start, which is a support process for women who have been incarcerated and for children who have a parent in prison. And I was the director of Let's Start for 25 years. Um, now I'm on the board, but I'm not down there on a daily basis. What I do on a daily basis now is tutor, and I tutor at Innovative Concept Academy, an alternative school here in the city of St. Louis. How has your work changed over the years, Let, let's say over the last 25 or 30 years? I can go back that many years, yes. Um, <laughs> it has changed. When I, 25, 30 years ago, I was leaving high school administration and teaching, and um, the focus was totally on the high school and specifically education in a formal classroom setting. Since that time, um, I feel like I'm still an educator, but education has taken a much broader uh, focus in my life and in the community. Uh, working all these years with women who have been in prison, I have learned a lot, and I have tried, with their help, 
to educate the community on some of the issues that they have when they return from prison, also to educate people about the impact of incarceration on children. I think they're the forgotten group. And now I'm actually in a educational mode again, but it's totally different from before, whereas now I'm working with young adults on a one-to-one basis, and uh, these are young adults who wouldn't be able, who haven't made it in the Mm -hmm. regular school system and just need a little special attention to make it. So it's it's radically changed over the years. It's a much broader, broader uh, educational environment. Sister Barbara, what changes have you seen? Well, I I know that uh, 30 years ago is when I actually left the classroom, but I certainly have been involved in education uh, all these years in different ways. Um, You know, my community runs a homeless shelter for women and children, and so there have been opportunities for me to help provide some consistent um, education for some of the children as they transition from school to school, you know, because their parents have become homeless. Um, So I have a a chance to interact with the clients uh, on a daily basis because that's where my office is. Certainly, I've seen many of our sisters who have transitioned from classroom to um, tutoring to um, uh, elder care, you know, caring the pastoral care for people. We had a hospital, but now um, our sisters, we don't have that hospital in Granite City anymore, but our sisters still do some parish nursing. So I think over these 30-plus years, certainly um, I've been involved in a variety of things, Um, worked for the Catholic Health Association Mm -hmm. for five years in sponsorship and mission, learned a lot about Healthcare in those five years and how it was changing from small standalone hospitals to these systems that we have now, and so you know I, I really believe that the um, that the Catholic sisters themselves are still educators in many ways, still um, healing people in many ways. It's just that the the venue has changed. Sister Kathleen. I think I could echo some of that, but one of the things that I've discovered is how much we value collaboration now with all of our lay colleagues. Um, Boards of trustees have taken over the the, uh, uh, leadership in our uh, educational systems. Um, And one of the things in my experience of working with the adult constituencies is discovering more and more in the last 20 years or so how much people long for spirituality. Uh, People are longing for God. They're longing to know more about the charism of the order. They're longing to learn how to pray, to know something more about my order is the sacred heart, to know something more about the heart of God and God's love for them. So instead of just thinking about those we educate as the students in front of us it's the parents and it's the it's the alums who are who are still longing to have some rootedness in god do you feel that your role the role of the sisters within the church is uh, all that it uh, should be all that it could be I, I regret to say I don't think that that's true. Um, my field was liturgy, and so it's very painful for me to see that so many possibilities for women um, are not uh, available at this moment. I think there could be women in the highest levels of authority in the Vatican Curia. Uh, the Curia, each of the dicasteries has to be led by a cardinal. 
But cardinals don't have to be ordained, which is very interesting. They don't have to be ordained priests. Uh, When I was teaching preaching, I often noticed that the women in my class had a depth of experience because they were a little older and they'd lived and suffered. Uh, So they were such an inspiration to the seminarians that I was also teaching who had no experience out of which to preach. So mm-hmm. so they, it was more factual or it was more storytelling instead of really getting to the heart of things. I think women's spirituality would be a profound um, addition to the kind of male-oriented experience that so many people have in, in our churches. Sister Barbara and Sister Jackie, should I assume you all feel the same way? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> How... Can your voices be heard? What what avenues do you have to make your position and your uh, your feelings known on this, Jackie? Well, I, I'm just thinking. I think when you mentioned collaboration before, I think perhaps that's the way that our voices will be heard. Uh, <clears throat> as we work together more and more on projects, on community events, we get more status, and we're we're. Uh, heard more in the community. People relate to us. Even some of the ministries in which we're working, like Marion Middle School or uh, the English Tutoring Project, those are collaborative ministries. And because there are so many people involved with different communities, that message is spread out to so many other communities. So I would say the collaboration is one of the big ways. And then the other way, I think, is um, we just simply have to put ourselves out there sometimes in whatever issues we're concerned about, in whatever is important to us, whatever our charisms are, just put ourselves out there. Well, some, some of you have, and, and, <laughs> but things haven't changed very much. <laughs> but we keep trying. <laughs> it's a journey. <laughs> Do you want to add anything to that, uh, Sister Barbara? I, I would just say that a lot of the ways that we can put ourselves out there, we have in social justice kinds mm-hmm. of arenas yeah. and s- try to speak to the things that are issues today that are affecting people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I think Catholic sisters are there as well, and I think our voices are being heard, but maybe not at the hierarchical level. I do have one suggestion, too. I used to say to people, if there was any opportunity to have a public presence in the parish or in the community at all, to take that opportunity and to be so well prepared that people couldn't doubt the fact that you really had a voice of authority— I think, for example, people that are invited to preach at penance services where it's possible for a woman. If you do that, it changes people's unconscious perception of who's involved and allowed to be in sacred space. Mm -hmm. And I think gradually changing people's perceptions of women's gifts. Uh, I'm going to have to take a break in a moment, but I have to point out, as you well know, that your numbers are dwindling. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that would tend to turn down the volume a little bit, I would think. I think that's true. We had somebody enter last week, and someone's about to enter in three weeks. That's that's a, a joy for us, and uh, there seems to be a little uptick uh, right now in vocations in our community. It's not the cu- the crowds that we used to have, but it's a sign of hope. What what was it like thirty years ago? Again, I've got thirty seconds, but in terms of of people joining, well, there were more young women yeah. joining. 30 years or even further back than that. But, you know, in history, we say that those big numbers were kind of an anomaly mm. that uh, in religious life uh, because religious life started out with small numbers. And maybe that's where we're going 
again, we have smaller numbers, but we are attracting uh, young women. So we have a few to mm-hmm. ourselves yeah. in our mm-hmm. communities. Mm-hmm. That is good to hear. We'll talk more about that and talk more about the history that uh, uh, is being shown now at the St. Louis Public Library. But I have to take this break. We'll do that now and continue our conversations momentarily. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Now back to our conversation with Sister Jackie Tobin, Sister Barbara McMullen, and Sister Kathleen Hughes. Um, I want to go back just one step before we talk about some of the the history that brought us here today and ask if if, if you sense any change that people were anticipating, I think, with with Pope Francis' elevation. Has anything really changed in the period of time? And is that something you're comfortable talking about? I think that people are proud to be Catholic. That's the experience that I have. I'm not sure that people are coming back to regular church attendance in droves, but people are listening, and people, uh, particularly about his his desire to go to the margins. And I think also people are very grateful to hear about his reflections on mercy and compassion, Mm -hmm. and that uh, everybody's welcome at the table. Mm -hmm. That's right. I think it's the inclusiveness, um, his spirit of openness and inclusivity, I think, have attracted people. Um, I I know that people seem to be paying more attention to what comes out of the Vatican now than maybe they did mm-hmm. in some previous years. So I, I think it's his, his compassion himself and his um, uh, feeling of openness toward all yeah. that have touched people's hearts. And also I would like to add to his uh, – realization and leading us to become more aware of how we need to care for creation. That's right. mm-hmm. Well, you speak of inclusion, but women are not included. That's, that's true. <laughs> but you know, the wheels run slowly. And I, I don't know if Francis can create a difference there or not. Um, he, he seems open to it, but you're right. Nothing really dramatic has changed. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a little tone deaf on the question of women. He's got wonderful uh, positions on so many other issues in the church, but I'm not sure he gets it, and maybe it's because he's from Latin America. America. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that that could be, I suppose. By the way, before we move on, I want our members of our audience are welcome to join this conversation. If you've been influenced or affected over the course of your lifetime by Catholic sisters, give us a call at 382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Send us an email at talk at stlpublicradio.org, or if you would prefer to send a tweet, do that at STL on air. Now, we talked a moment ago, I think it was you, Sister Barbara, who said that the wheels move slowly. Well, they've been moving for 200 years in the (laughs) St. Louis region. It all started 200 years ago, a bicentennial, which is one of the reasons this exhibit is taking place at the the library. Uh, Sister Kathleen, you had said off the air that you wanted to be sure to mention a a part of that history, particularly with uh, Sister Philippine Duchesne. Uh, Philippine Duchesne arriving in 1818, uh, coming up the Mississippi. um, It was a little bait and switch with Bishop de Borg. She was supposed to be settled in St. Louis, but then went to what was going to be the state capital, St. Charles. um, And in one week, 
was able to open a school. That astonishes us because it takes two or three years to get things organized now. Um, I think what was amazing to me at the exhibit here is that it was clear that every one of our orders had had the same experience. Mm -hmm. A lot of vocations um, in Europe, especially in places like France, bishops would go there and say, the wilderness, the new world needs people. And we came over to teach or to, to minister to the sick or to be in prison work. And we had the same experience of of uh, the deprivations of pioneer life, of the difficulties of communication with the mother house in uh, Europe, of um, of never having enough, never having enough students, never having enough money, never having enough of all of the things that we would love to give to the children. Um, I think the fact that this has not just survived but has been has th- thrived here in St. Louis is a great credit to these women pioneers. And I'm proud of Philippine. What are we going to uh, see at the exhibit at the library, which, by the way, is running through April 28th, I should point out. Um, so it's going to be there for a while. Folks will have a chance to get down to that wonderful building and see. Mm-hmm. But, Sister Robert, what, what do we see down there? What you see is really a, um, a combination of telling our story from the very beginning. So you're going to see photos, wonderful photos of sisters um, in the early years and in education in the healthcare field. You're going to see um, some of the artifacts. Um, there's a trunk there, uh, which was common to all of us. Uh, we had all of our possessions in a trunk when we were moved from school to school. Um, you're going to see the symbols of each community. Um, you're going to see uh, some corn husk shoes that were uh, used in those early pioneer days. Um, you'll see a lot of history that's written there on the wall to explain the difference. For instance, there's a, a piece that explains the difference between nuns and sisters, which many people really don't know. I was going to get to that, but go ahead. We, we will when you're finished. So a sister, a sister is someone who uh, imbibes both contemplative and action ministry. So she works and prays, whereas nuns are are contemplative, and most of their focus then is on contemplation and prayer ministry. And so even the article that appeared in the paper said to people what the difference was, and some people came up to me and said, I never knew that. I've been Catholic all my life and never knew the difference. Mm -hmm. So it's been, I think, a real learning for people who have come through the exhibit. Right. How about habits? You know, none of you ladies is is dressed as many of us remember when we were growing up, uh, sisters uh, dressed in in habits. They're out? (laughs) They're out of fashion? (laughs) Well, when we were first formed in 1800 in France, we wore the widow's garb. It was very dangerous to be part of the church institution in the time of the French Revolution, and so we blended in with the community by wearing widows' garbs. Now, widows changed, and we didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so the habit uh, gradually set us apart mm-hmm. from other people, when in the beginning it did not. Right. right. And one of the things at the exhibit that I truly enjoyed is the habit of the Daughters of Charity. That's such a strong symbol when you walk in there to see that habit and then to realize the transition. And as you said, how now we try to blend in with the folks right. and make our 
where appropriate. I want to go back to the, the nuns and sisters issue because I think most of us are familiar with nuns on a bus on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> we had some traffic with them mm-hmm. just a couple of years ago, but uh, they're not nuns. They're sisters. But uh, what's going on here? They, cert- <laughs> they certainly know the difference. I think people use that word interchangeably. Yes, so it's just a common back and forth. It means the same thing. It's really literally sisters on the bus, yeah. but we use that word interchangeably. How impactful were they, do you think? Mm. The nuns on the bus? But, yeah, they're seeking social justice issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think, I think that they had a really strong influence on people that gathered in each city because they are strong, um, very articulate women who are able to address issues that are sensitive with their own sensitivity. I, I think that yeah. people are open to them because of the, of the very serene way that they can raise yeah. difficult questions. And I think the other piece of it is, in addition to that, is that it was various communities coming together again. Mm-hmm. And I think more and more, as people see that, that will be the reality of the mm-hmm. future. Do you see, there seems to be, a, well, definitely is a mood in the country today. Uh, women are rising, if you will. Their voices are being heard, they're becoming more politically active and more active in so many ways. Do, do you think that that will be helpful to you? Yes, I do. I think any time women can uh, use their gifts and talents and bring those forth in any environment is going to help all women. Mm-hmm. I think the success of one is the success of all. What do women bring to the table, Sister mm-hmm. Barbara, that men don't? I think women certainly bring a different kind of uh, sensitivity to issues, to people. I think they bring perhaps uh, a side uh, that uh, wants to gather uh, in dialogue and wants to have everybody at the table. Um, Sometimes that's not been my experience uh, with men. Not that there aren't some. You are so diplomatic. (laughs) (laughs) You know, not that there aren't some because there are, and I do know some. But I think generally I think we are much more inclusive of all, and we want people to have a say at the table. Um, So I do think that that's – and it's not so much hierarchical as it is in a circle. Sister Kathleen, do you you sense that there is a a changing environment for women in this country today, overall? Oh, I think so. If you look at the political situation, I think that so many women are now stepping forward, Mm -hmm. especially in the Democratic um, community, trying to to find their voice and change what's going on in Washington by running for office. Mm -hmm. And there's, I mean, droves of people. And as far as we're concerned, it seems to me that it doesn't matter if people are religious women with vows or if they're associates as we have them or if they are just people that we can work with and talk with, dialogue with, and because I think that women in general can transform society uh, because of intuition, because of a less, uh, less of a need to win mm-hmm. in, a, in a conversation uh, and more of a desire to keep the door open. And I think in our conversations with each other, too, we work for consensus. So it's not a matter of who gets to vote and the vote wins. You work for consensus, and it's sisters around the table. And I think women are nurturers, Absolutely. natural right. nurturers, that's and that's right. an important, important quality. Mm-hmm. Our time is beginning to wind down. I'd like to ask each of you, and perhaps I should have done that at the outset, but why did you, decide, Sister Jack, decide to become involved in the church? 
I had amazing high school teachers, and I admired them profoundly, and I knew there was something special that I wanted. And so that's why I entered the School Sisters of Notre Dame. I wanted to be like them. Sister Barbara? Um, I, too, could say that same thing. I had wonderful teachers in both grade school and high school, two different religious orders. Um, But I really did admire all of them. And I think for me, it was what I wanted to, I wanted to be a part of something that seemed to me to be happy and um, and joyful and satisfied. Um, I didn't know, you know, a lot about religious life except for the teachers I had. Um, But I knew that they had something special. And I felt I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. That's certainly what they did in my life. So I wanted to be like that. And, and did you find that happiness and joy? I did. I did. And yeah. I, I also know that I have made a difference because oh. students come, you know, former students come back to tell me, you know. So I, I feel like God called, I answered, and I am making a difference. And that, that's, for me, what it's about, touching people. Mm-hmm. Sister Kathleen? I think um, I was the most surprised person in the world when I found myself in a classroom uh, because I didn't enter to do something. Uh, For me, I had a sense it was after college, and I had a sense that I was on a God quest, a really longing for God, and I wanted a group of people that would be on that journey with me. And and I, too, have been supremely happy Mm. in my vocation. You know, I think many people, when they think of sisters or, or nuns, and think of them in many occasions as as teachers and having gone to uh, Catholic parochial schools. You always hear the line about how tough they are, and if you don't <laughs> mind, you're going to get your knuckles no. wrapped with a wrapped with a ruler. Is that the way it is? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you know, I was a product of Catholic education all through to college. I never had my knuckles hit by a ruler. I've always found the teachers that I had to be caring and loving That's women. Right. Yeah. The same. Yep. Right. Exactly. We're, go- we're going to have to leave it at that. I'm so grateful you ladies are here with us today. And uh, we want to remind people that the exhibit at the uh, St. Louis Library, Catholic Sisters, the Spirit of St. Louis, will be open through April 28th. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Sister Jackie Tobin, Sister Barbara McMullen, Sister Kathleen Hughes. A reminder of that uh, event at the library through the April 28th.